Joel Klatt joins us for his weekly visit presented by Audi Flatirons. Wow, we got a lot of ground to cover with Joel, lead college football analyst for Fox Sports. He'll be back here again this Saturday for Big Noon Kickoff with CU and USC. He joins us now. Good morning, Joel. Good morning. Would you like to uh, Would you like to add to what uh, Mark just said? And as a Bronco fan, lifetime. Yeah, I just want to ask: Have you ever in your whole life seen an offensive performance like that, where the offensive linemen are so excited about the ass kicking they're putting on you that big fat offensive linemen jog twenty five yards down the field and do somersaults in the end zone, and then lead into as a lifelong Bronco fan? How did you feel watching Sunday's game? Go. Yeah, yeah. Listen, so. Let's take all of that in pieces. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, num- number one, like, that was painful, um, Mike, to answer your question. And then, Mark, to your point, I thankfully was in the hospital by the time that Texas was beating us 70-3. to So I don't know if they did somersaults. I assume they did. I, I'm not sure. But I, unfortunately, do have some insight into a game like that and getting beat like that. And here's what I'll tell you is that it's not if that game broke them or if they're broken, broken, moving forward to lose that way, you got broken or defeated or something happened and fractured in the locker room prior to that game. I just, I know that from personal experience. Okay, so to me, it's not if, you know, they're they're defeated moving forward. It's that, like, it broke. It's so, like the, the pipe burst. We need new plumbing. I don't know what that means for the Broncos, obviously, in the middle of the year. I don't know if that means that you need to change course from, from a coaching standpoint on, on the staff because it's obviously not going to be Sean or it's, it's a personnel thing. But there's only three things that you can actually look at and fix right now. Is it the coaching? Is it the personnel? Or is it the scheme? And when you get beat like that, it's probably all three. And I can tell you from a mentality and a chemistry standpoint, to get beat like that, your locker room already lost its will. It was Its will was already broken before that game. The game didn't do it. The somersault didn't do it. And something in the future is not going to do it. It already broke. And so now the the goal is to try to fix it, locate it, and try to fix it as quickly as possible. Joel, I, I, like, here's my theory on, on playing. And I've had my ass kicked before, you know, one-on-one. But my thought process is this. If I'm getting drubbed one-on-one and you're beating, you know, the snot out of me, at some point I'm going to stop something. At some point, I'm going to upkick and turn it into a street fight, and I might not grade out very well, but you're coming away with a bloody nose. And there was nothing. Like, you can tell from a game-planning standpoint what a team thinks of you by the way they game-plan against you. And they were like, we can run it down the middle. We can run the edge game with the pin and pull and the nickel stuff. We can throw it over the top of your head. We can throw it underneath because your safeties are playing – 20 yards deep in quarters and there's too much space to come. I mean, it was like at one point as a coach, shouldn't you say at least we're not giving up this? Yeah. And what well, I think what's frustrating is like, it's like they, it's like they were so scared 
to get beat by Tyreek Hill, that they were all right just allowing their internal organs to get bludgeoned to death with body blows. And, like, they wouldn't come off of that. And then, really, they didn't stop anything because, you know, like, it, it was just, it was so maddening watch that game because, listen, games like that in college football happen because the margin between athletes and the good teams and the average teams is, is pretty drastic. In the NFL, that's not supposed to happen. So, in, in my estimation, your guys totally quit. And they were out there just thinking about their paycheck on Monday. They were out there just going through the motions. And there was zero pride in what you were just talking about. Like, hey, you know what? If they score 70 throwing it to Tyreek the entire game, then so be it. But we're not just going to let them hand the ball off and run it right down our throat the entire game. Like, at some point, doesn't that have to happen? At some point, doesn't the schematics have to change? At some point, doesn't the effort have to change? At some point, if you're the three technique, don't you at least once in the NFL when the margin is not great, at least one time do you not get reached? One time. If you're the nose, one time, do you not get shoved into the backfield or into the defensive backfield? One time. If you're the six technique, one time, do you win your one-on-one with the tight end and not get mauled? I would think so. It's the NFL. There's not a huge margin between teams. That's the way it's built. This league is built for parity. You're supposed to be on the level with the guys in front of you. If you're telling me, Miami's team is that much better than the Denver Broncos, then George Patton needs to be fired. Maybe he does anyways. I'm, I'm not sure. But to your point, there was zero pride. There was zero pride from the schematics trying to take something away. There was zero pride on an individual basis. Again, if you're the three technique, the three technique lines up just outside of the guard. He's responsible for the B gap. At some point, if you're the three technique, you got to say, like, this guard is not going to reach me. Reach me being a get on my outside shoulder and give the offense the B-gap. Because it felt like that happened constantly. I'm getting upset as I'm talking because it's like, you're right. You're right. There was no pride, whether it was from a coach, schematics, or an individual effort. Joel, are you starting to wonder if Sean Payton's the right guy? Oh, man. I think that we should have seen this. You know, generally coaches will tell you, and especially guys like Sean, Sean's a prideful guy. And when he talked about, you know, I I believe that he got in here and looked around and he was like, this might not go well. And as soon as that happens, what you'll hear from coaches, both levels, college I hear from, and trust me, I hear it more so than guys doing it publicly. But behind the scenes, guys will be like, man, when we got in here, this place was. And then they, they, they take shots at what they inherited. This is an old coaching adage to try to protect yourself, to protect yourself. Now, it might be true, but when he did that and talked about the disaster that it was prior, we probably should have listened a little bit more intently and, and, and taken stock in what that actually meant. 
And and I think he maybe tried to tell us, but I I think Sean Payton's one of the better coaches in the National Football League. Having said that, he never really won anything without Drew Brees, who's one of the best quarterbacks in history. You know, how how's Bill Belichick doing without Tom Brady? As much as we try to say like coaches are are, you know, the best thing since sliced bread and everything, generally speaking, coaches don't win without a generational quarterback without one of the better quarterbacks in the history of the league. Andy Reid didn't win at the top level and win a Super Bowl until he had Patrick Mahomes. So as good as Andy Reid is, look at what happens. As good as Kyle Shanahan is, has he won a Super Bowl? No. Why? He's trying to do it with Brock Purdy. So, you know, as much as we want to say, like, is Sean the right guy? Was Nathaniel Hackett the right guy? Which is an obvious no. Look at what's going on with the Jets. You know, it does come back to the quarterback position. Hey, really quick. Um... I have never until Monday ever, and and maybe this doesn't say a lot about me and who I am, but I've never one time um, said somebody should get fired. I, you know, I've never I've never been that guy, man. You know, just you know, st- standing on the uh, soapbox saying this dude should be. But defensively, you give a seventy burger and you don't stop anything. And like you said. Like, one, Miami didn't respect you. Two, you were scared. I mean, you walked out of the locker room with your knees knocking and piss dripping down your leg. I mean, it was bad. And I'm like, how does nobody get fired? Like, how, how – I mean, do you understand where I'm coming from? Like, why is – I, I why, do. I, 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 and listen, I'm, I'm with you. I can't, I can't stand – because here's the thing. It's very easy to, to treat people like objects when you're a fan and treat coaches like objects and players like objects. But – when you've been in those shoes, you realize that those are human beings. They have families. They have a life. They have a livelihood. And it's really hard to just say, like, well, that guy doesn't deserve to have a livelihood right now. You know, that's, that is a, that's a, a big statement and something that should be made with extreme caution. So I'm, I'm with you. Now, having said that, there is an era of accountability in sports because we see if it's working in real time. And there's no other industry where that happens. You know, I can't tell you how many executives across the country are objectively awful at their job. You probably work for one. Not you guys specifically, I'm sure, but I'm just speaking to everybody out there. You know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting in your car, corporate America, it takes years for that to be vetted out and actually become obvious to the decision makers. The difference in this arena is that it is laid bare for everyone to see weekly. And that's what's so difficult about it. And the accountability of that is unavoidable. And at some point, you know, Vance will have to answer for that. I know him well. I played for him. His first year as a coach, by the way, was an assistant on a team that I was a true freshman on. And he was responsible for the rookie show in my year. Like, Vance and I go way, way back. I know he doesn't want to fail. I know that he's had success at at periods during his career. You know? So... You know, I I know that he has a family. I know his family, and that's why I take it very seriously when you're talking about somebody's livelihood. But I will just say, like, the accountability in in the arena is 
is there. And and someone will have to account for the way that they played on Sunday. Joel Klatt, join us, presented by Audi Flatirons. You're calling CU, USC. Have I know you've thought about it. Have you been able to get to the root of why so many people uh, are rooting against CU and Dion? Why so many people take pleasure I mean, in beating D- I, Dion? What, what's, what's the root of all this? Well, you just, I mean, I don't know if you, you meant to, but you just asked two different things. Okay. Right. If you if you really peel it back, Mike, because there's this sentiment of like people are rooting against Colorado, which I actually don't believe to be true necessarily. And then there's this feeling like people are are loving trying to beat Colorado. And and that's a different thing because that's talking about other teams, coaches and, and players. Okay, so if you just separate those two out. I believe that coaches around the country despise the amount of attention that Deion Sanders has gotten. And similar to how players around the country, you know, both college and pro despised Tim Tebow for the attention he got back in the day. And, and so like there was an, an error of, a little bit of jealousy and also like, Hey, I paid my dues and like, we're going to go get this guy because that's all hype. You know? So there's that competitive anger that people have in the, in the arena. And then there's this sentiment that like everybody's rooting against Dion. I, I actually don't think that that's the case. I don't think that that's the case any more than any other team, but here's the difference. The difference is, is that Dion now it's not just that everybody in college football in terms of fan bases are interested. He is growing the, the sports fan base at a rate that I can only equate to what Tiger Woods did for golf. So there are more fans now interested and involved in college football. So because of that, then you've got to take this in, in, in the theory of group dynamics. And in the theory of group dynamics, there's always going to be a percentage, let's call it 10%, that really hate you, 80 that are just fans, and 10 really love you. Okay, so now there's more people than ever before that love Deion Sanders because that 10% is cut from a bigger number of fans. Well, there's also more people than ever before that really want you to lose because they hate you. But as a percentage, I actually don't think that that percentage is any higher than any other team. The difference is, is that the pie has grown. There's more people watching. Look at the ratings. In a blowout, in the middle of the day with a lot of competition, Colorado and Oregon got 10 million viewers. That's insane. That's insane. And so this, this notion that everybody wants Colorado to lose, I believe is false. I travel the country, and all anyone wants to talk about when they hear what I do and, and when they know who I am, all they want to talk about is like, oh, man, isn't this amazing what Dion's doing at Colorado? I don't get a, a lot of, man, I want that guy to fail. That is a narrative that I believe is overblown. And and if you want to talk about it from the people within the arena, the, the other coaches, I believe that there are coaches and players that want to take their shot. There's a target on their back within the sport, but that's only because of the attention that they've gotten. Real quick, do you buy Keyshawn Johnson's uh, uh, report that more no, coaches no, than usual 
are reaching no. out to CU opponents to help that that coach prepare. No, that's. I think that that's that's a. a I mean, I want to choose my words wisely here. I don't believe that's the case. Um, coaches at all levels have their um, almost their fraternity. Mark knows this. You know, it matters where you cut your teeth. It's like where you went to school and what fraternity you went if you were in the Greek life. It's like that matters, right? And so then in the business world, you kind of navigate towards those guys. You ask for their advice. You know, it's like it matters where you grew up in the sport. So if you're a coach, you cut your teeth with other young coaches, and then that tree grows and grows, and then you kind of have your guys, your fraternity of guys throughout college football littered around. Well, you're always going to talk to them. So it doesn't matter if you're playing Colorado or Jones Junior High School. You're going to talk to the other guys that you cut your teeth with that have experience going against that scheme or that specific team. So this is not a new phenomenon. This goes on all the time, NFL and college. You're always going to talk with guys that have experience that's broken them down. Hey, what did you see? Did you see any tendencies? This notion that all of a sudden the entirety of college football is ganging up to help CU's opponents, I think is totally overblown and completely false. We'll see you here on Saturday, Joel. Way to go, buddy. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to be in, guys. Really, this one's going to be fun. Okay. You get much of a chance? Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I think that USC did not play very good defensively against Arizona State. Um, you know, but it, it would be an upset. Shadur's going to have to play, you know, maybe better than he's played all year. But listen, USC is a playoff caliber team. You know, Colorado was 1-11. So, you know, I think the fact that we're talking about, like, hey, do they or don't they is is still a positive from, from my standpoint. Joel, you're the best. Thanks, pal. Appreciate you guys. Joel Klatt presented by Audi Flatirons.